Revelation 11:17 says, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. Reminder that if you do have a prayer request, either joy or concern, either one, uh, fill out the slip in the worship folder and pass it in during the offering, and we'll pray for you today and throughout the week as well. And every week, the shelf out there in the lobby is for you to drop off food donations. At the end of the month, that food will be taken over to our partners in this ministry, His Helping Hand. And we also partner with Treehouse Ministries, and have done so for a couple of years now, three or four years, uh, extra change for the needs of mothers in need of their babies. For the week, we have, of course, the adult Bible study that's underway right now. That starts at 10.30. Uh, Children's Church is usually at 10.50, but I don't think we'll have one today. Uh, women's Bible study is on hiatus at this point. They're going to meet again on the 29th of uh, August and have a movie trip to Bountiful, and then they'll be uh, picking their next study. Uh, the men's Tuesday morning study is at 7.30 uh, in the morning. Wednesday evening Bible study at the King's at 7, and the Manshed Bible studies Wednesday and Friday at 6 a.m. Ephesians 3.18 says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Whoops. Heavy thumb. <laughs> joyful, joyful, we adore thee was written in 1907 by Henry Van Dyke. Unlike most hymns, the words to this song were written to be sung to a major classical number. The music is Beethoven's Ode to Joy, which was written in 1824. The scriptural inscription for this great hymn is Psalms 145, verse 10, which says, All you have made will praise you, O Lord, your saints will extol you. As you're able, please rise and join us as we open our worship with joy. Sin and sadness drive the dark. 
God invites us to a real relationship, which means being honest with ourselves, others, and God. Let's start here, confessing the uncomfortable truth of our sin together. Join me in our common prayer of confession. If we say we have no sin, we are not being honest, and the truth is not in us. Therefore, we confess our true selves, that we have often ignored our own privilege even as we benefit from it, that we have not listened to the pain of others, but have instead dismissed it to keep ourselves comfortable. With your help, God, we can change. We confess this possibility in the name of the one who makes all things possible. Amen. Our assurance of burden, we belong to God. We belong to each other. God does not look at us and see only sin. God sees goodness as well. Believe that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven in ways we never fully understand. This is good news. Once again, as you're able, please rise and join us as we continue our worship. As the So my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You alone are my strength, my shield. You alone may my spirit.
seated. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different today uh, as the, the hymn uh, that we had set out for the offertory uh, is, the, is basically the sermon. So it will follow the sermon, but we'll play it in between. And I'll in, invite Dr. John Owens to come up for the offertory prayer, and uh, Steve is going to play the, play the song during the uh, offertory, and do you have that, uh, do we have the, the paragraph about it too, so we'll explain a little bit more about the song before we play. The ever popular Amazing Grace was written by John Newton in 1779. <laughs> chapter 9 starting from verse 8 and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it is written he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor his righteousness endures forever let us pray oh God we offer to you now these are gifts but more importantly, we offer to you ourselves. We give thanks to you for all the ways in which you continue to watch over us and care for us. And our response can be nothing less than to give ourselves to you. And so as we receive this offering today, may it be a blessing for this church and for those that this church serves. For this we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.
Let us pray. Oh God, like the Israelites in the wilderness, we too have known your love and experienced your care and provision. You invite us to extend that love to the world around us, to care for others as deeply as we care for ourselves. And so we bring the needs of our world before you now. We pray for the many who do not have enough, enough food to eat or shelter to keep warm, enough employment or enough money to pay their bills, enough medicine or medical care. We also pray for those who have more than enough, but who still struggle to find meaning and purpose in life, who indulge in dangerous or self-serving activities to dull their pain or their loneliness. God, your grace reaches out to all of us. You call us to live as citizens of heaven, working together with one heart and mind. So strengthen us to live in a manner worthy of the good news that we have received, offering our lives in service of your kingdom, where the last are first and the first are last. And there is grace enough for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. It is good to be back with you again today. I think this is maybe the third time I've been here over the last few years. And uh, I, uh, I meet with your pastor uh, with some regularity. Um, and if you ever want to find us together, it would have to be at Panera, um, having coffee or something. Yes, I want to talk about amazing grace this morning. And I want to do it in the context of one of the Psalms. Indeed, probably the most recognizable Christian hymn of all time is undoubtedly Amazing Grace. It's been recorded countless times by hundreds of artists. Aretha Franklin, Willie Nelson, even the Grateful Dead, and Elvis Presley, among so many others. And if you don't like the original melody, well, the words to Amazing Grace can also be sung to the tune of Green Sleeves, or Peaceful Easy Feeling, or even to the tune of Gilligan's Island. That's been done at camp a few times. It's kind of fun. Most people are familiar with the words of the song, but they would be hard pressed to tell you exactly what it is all, what it's about, and why it's so amazing. 
Grace is undeserved kindness. The doctrine of grace is that God treats us better than, than we deserve to be treated. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. No, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it isn't anything you've done for yourself. It is a gift of God. It isn't because of your works. It is by faith. Today I want us to look at a psalm that emphasizes the wonderful reality of a God-centered life. And this is one of the few psalms that probably wasn't written by King David. It was probably or likely written by Hezekiah. It's a beautiful song of God's grace over us. So listen now for the word of God. If I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Did you notice that there was one phrase in that psalm that repeats five times in that psalm? The phrase, watch over, is repeated. That's what God does. God watches over us. We live in his grace. The psalm is written from the perspective of a pilgrim on a journey to Jerusalem, most likely to worship and to sacrifice there at the temple. He expects that in the course of his journey, he will face stressful situations. And he affirms his faith that God is watching over him and will take care of him. When life is uncertain, the psalm begins, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. 
Where does my help come from? In other versions, mountains is translated as hills. And the psalmist is referring to that mountainous area just outside of Jerusalem. Which, of course, is his ultimate destination. And through which his journey must pass. These mountains, though beautiful from a distance, are anything but safe. Not only is the journey through them treacherous, but they had become hideouts for bandits who would attack travelers as they passed through. As the psalmist began his journey towards the mountains, he said, My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. In other words, he's saying, these mountains, they don't scare me because the one who made these mountains is watching over me. Listen again to his words. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The mountains of life cannot be avoided. The rugged terrain, the danger within. But we can face the mountains, the uncertainties of life, with the assurance that God is taking care of us. Our help is from him. Now, does that mean that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you? Actually, yes. That's exactly what it means. But not in the sense that you might think. God has made a wonderful promise in Scripture that we cling to no matter how uncertain things may become. It was the Apostle Paul who said, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The future, the future is uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Sometimes it will be pleasant and sometimes it's going to be pretty unpleasant. Yet, through it all, we have his promise that no matter what happens, it will ultimately work out for our good and for his glory if we put our trust in him. That's grace at work in your life. God watches over you when life is uncertain. 
But there's a second thing. God watches over you even when the heat is on. The psalmist wrote, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not harm you by day. Now some people might think it's not the uncertainties of the future that bother me. It's the certainties of right now that I'm worried about. I've got problems that you just wouldn't believe, some say. And I am sure that you've stepped into the shade on a sweltering hot August day. It's a relief. It's an amazing thing, shade. The temperature outside hasn't changed. But when you sit down under a shade tree, the heat becomes a little less unbearable. That's the same effect of the grace of God. That's what happens with God's grace in your life. He may not take you out of the heat, but he'll shelter to help provide and help you bear the heat. God's presence in your life doesn't always mean that the problems are going to go away. It means that your problems, your problems aren't going to get the best of you. God watches over you, even, even when the heat is on. But there's a third thing that I want you to notice about God watching over you. Even in your darkest hour. The psalmist wrote, The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, of course, he's speaking symbolically here, poetically, you might say. In reality, we have nothing to fear from the moon. He is referring to the darkness of our fears, our loneliness, the darkness of our pain, the darkness that one might experience when hearing a doctor say the word cancer or a spouse say the word divorce or when a child admits that they're having a drug problem or when someone close to you dies or when you lose the battle with sin. That's the reference. These events bring darkness into our lives. Fear, panic, regret. And it's in those times that God's grace watches over you. 
In the, in the book of Romans, Paul wrote these words. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. No, in all, these went, in all these things we win an overwhelming victory through him who has proved his love for us. The pilgrim who wrote Psalm 121 made his journey with the assurance that even in the darkest hours of the night, God would be watching over him, guiding him safely. And that, that is the grace of God at work in our lives. I'm sure all of you have heard the song, From a Distance, by Bette Midler. And the chorus says, God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. The song has a great message, but it's not completely accurate. God is watching us, yes, but not from a distance. He's right here, right now, with us. He's not observing you through some telescope as you face the uncertainties of life. He's here with us. He's not watching you through some satellite where you're, when you're going through all the trials of life. He's with you, offering you shade from the sun, relief from the heat. He's not watching you from a remote heaven as you face the darkest hours of your life. He's right here with you now. And even the darkest night cannot overcome you. Psalmist wrote, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Notice he says, you're coming and you're going. As you go through the day-to-day -day trials of life, he's there with you, watching over you. He is the source of your help, the source of your strength, and he will be if you turn to him. It's called amazing grace. Because God in his infinite goodness treats us far better than we ever deserve. And in his infinite goodness, he takes care of us when we 
when we can't take care of ourselves. When life is uncertain, when the heat is on, even in our darkest hours. You can experience his grace in your life. You can live with the assurance that he is watching over you. And so in your day-to-day coming and going, ask for his help. Ask for his strength. Ask for his presence in your life. For he's there. He's watching over you. Not from a distance, but right here, right now. And he will take care of you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us stand together if, if you're able. And, and let's, let's sing this amazing song, Amazing Grace. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, go with you, abide in you this day and always. Amen.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him upon the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 